One week of free agency in the books. We're here to chat about it. This is Hogsnade Portcast. We're on a graveyard shift staff here this evening. We got Dr. Chris Jones in the building. Good evening. Thanks for joining. And we got uh, Nebot Neil also in the building. What's going on, everybody? So the Redskins, uh, along with everyone else in the NFL, uh, some movers and shakers in the early days of free agency, a lot of, lot of big moves around the league. I mean, you see uh, OBJ getting dealt to the Browns, not upset to have him out of the NFC East for forever, presumably. Yeah, did you see that fan that was around there around the streets when he got signed? A Cle- Cleveland fan. Yeah. He got the cops called on him. <laughs> he was so excited. It's a, like people are already talking like the Browns are going to the Super Bowl. It, Their maybe, odds oh, change oh. completely. They're the, they're the team to root for. I mean, after last season, you wanted them to just win, but now, yeah, they're becoming a team that's becoming pretty dangerous. They have a ton of pieces. I think OBJ is going to be interesting. You know, the whole thing with him in New York was like, oh, is he a locker room cancer? Can he handle it? And then I guess this week he did this thing that I really hate when people do is they announce they're going off social media on social media. It's just like, we'll just do it. Like, well, you don't have to tell everybody you're doing it. Just do it. You people know? will see. Um, but yeah, they're they're gonna be kind of they're gonna be fun to watch, and I'm pretty glad that Beckham no longer in the NFC East. Uh, the other big move, Antonio Brown, off the table, he ends up in Oakland. Uh, so those were sort of the two big names that I think people were keeping an eye on, and they went real quick. Um, and then the other big one, of course, Le'Veon Bell, who another malcontent in Pittsburgh was really unhappy with his contract situation and frankly I don't I know this is a hot button issue I don't entirely blame Bell for opting to sit out last year I think Pittsburgh was about to run him 450 times and then not give him a contract and so he said I'm gonna preserve what I'm worth and play for my next deal Um, and then it's not as though the team really rallied around him or embraced him in any sort of way. They didn't back him up. Whatever. Neither here nor there, I suppose. Yeah, I think both parts could have done a better job. Like, he could have come in, what, halfway through the season or whatever to join the team again, but by that point, they seemed to, neither side needed to, seem to either help each other out, so it was a lost cause. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me that the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had arguably the best wide receiver in the league, and the best running back in the league, and a guy who's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback, never won a Super Bowl. Is he Hall of Fame? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I just think with Brown, but without him, I don't know. How good? I'm never that impressed. He won a Super Bowl. When? How long ago? I don't even remember. He beat the the Seahawks. And he won two Super Bowls. It's like his second year. Beat the Seahawks and the Cardinals. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a guy who's won. I mean, Eli. Just lately, I guess. Lately, the last like five years I've watched him, I have not been impressed. Because I had him in, uh, in fantasy. And he was, <laughs> of course. He killed me. So that brings us then to the Washington Redskins. We'll talk a little bit about some of the guys who have departed. And I think uh, we wouldn't be a legitimate sports podcast, which we are. Um, you know, I had to say it. Without a signature segment. And I was thinking, this is actually a shower thought. I'll be honest. Shower beer thought? 
there was no beer involved. Somewhat shockingly, no no beer involved. I am a big fan of the shower beer, but uh, it was not a uh, shower beer thought. It was just a regular shower thought. I'd like to introduce segment, Hail Yeah, Hail No. So we'll talk about some of the decisions, the moves, things going on with the Redskins, and figure out if it's a Hail Yeah or say Hail No. Is there an awe? Was, were we doing an awe? Hell yeah. Oh, you could throw one in there. Oh, I might. Well, well, well I'll keep it interesting. We'll find Just, out. Just uh, for some emphasis? Absolutely. Okay. Let's talk about some of the guys who have left first. Um, I think there are a few big ones on both sides of the football. Start off with from the front seven, the defensive front seven. They lose Preston Smith to the Packers. Stacy McGee, they let go. He ends up being a cap casualty, as does Zach Brown. Are any of those guys where you, where you say, that's a good move, I'm, I'm happy he's gone? Is there a hail yeah in that bunch for you? Or is there a hail no nah in particular that stands out? Uh, no, none of those moves really stand out to me, to be honest. I think Preston Smith is going to be a force in Green Bay's defense. He's he's like a perfect fit for that uh, defensive front. Yeah, I liked him for us, but I guess if he had to go, I'm all right with it. But he was he was good. I, I don't know much more about him, but I, I liked. Was him. it mostly cap concern that they let him go? Or I think that's what it was. he was. He stand he stood to make a bunch of money, and they yeah. just don't really have the space. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, they lose Ty Inseki to the Bills. He provided a good amount of offensive line depth at a position group that really at times just it just couldn't I hate this term but like couldn't stay healthy uh, and Inseki had to fill in for um, at both guard and tackle you, know, you say a guy you don't feel uncomfortable with starting a football game but at the same time he wasn't the starter so right I did like his flexibility when he came in and he he filled a lot of roles and our offensive line needed it um, but you're right he probably wasn't starter material, um, but again, you like the, the flexibility he brings. And now that opens up a space for Jerron Christian, who was their draft pick last year, to step up and probably get some more reps. And then the other guy, the big one, Jamison Crowder, who is, what, three years removed from being a 1,000-yard receiver uh, in a receiving core that was the best, I think, of our lifetime with... Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon. Crowder, you know, he, he, again, another guy who like couldn't stay healthy. You know, it's he had so much promise and he was a fighter. He went out there, he ran hard routes, he ran across the middle, he had to take on safeties with a full head of steam, linebackers pressing him. But ultimately, um, he ends up moving on, going to the, the New York Jets. And um, do you have any memories of what Crowder did? Like what? that stand out well first off i'm gonna give that an aw hell no hell no because i wanted to keep him he was one of our our better receivers for the last couple seasons certainly especially with was it cousins the last time when he like led the league in like receptions like three or four years ago he just made a ton of ground and then the next year he was like not even on the charts for like top 10 i don't know what happened maybe he got unhealthy but I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss him. I don't know if I remember any big big plays, but he was consistent when he was in. He could make the catches we needed, and especially this year when we're real short at wide receiver, I'm 
struggling to see why we let him go. I also think, as I asked the question, I was thinking, do I have any Jameson Crowder memories? And frankly, I think the answer is no, but that's just because he was a, they call him like a lunch pail guy. Like he went out, he did work when he played, he didn't do a ton of stuff that was super flashy, but he was reliable when he was able to take the field. Yeah. Um, he probably would have been the Redskins' best receiver if he had come back. So yeah, absolutely. There are some now huge gaps there. I think uh, that they're going to have to address in free agency and in the draft. Um, very quickly to touch on it, the two guys who have been rumored, Michael Crabtree and Laquan Treadwell, remains to be seen if either one of them comes here. But dr- the draft is going to end up being, I think, a big. Uh, I could see them drafting at least one receiver in this draft just based on the fact that they need some I, I think we absolutely need to. All right, so let's do a little bit on who the Redskins have brought in, who's going to be in D.C. next year, um, and guys that they brought back. So let's start off, hell yeah, hell nah. Adrian Peterson returning to Washington. Two-year deal. You, you'd be crazy not to say hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And I say hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. See ya. Maybe I'm crazy then, because I think this is a position that they have a ton. They have too much. If it's possible to have too much depth at running back, I think the Redskins have too much depth at running back. What? Just just last year, we were so bad at it. Like, not last year, the year before that. Fat Rob and... And Samaj P. Yeah, that was... I guess, I just feel like there's so many others. We're like an injury away from being not that much depth, I feel like. They have... And it's like mediocre depth, too. Well, AP is shown. Well, yeah, but the bottom half guys yeah. are, are not quality starting guys. It's a good two. Starting it's a good two we have. Well, then you got Chris Con- Chris Thompson. Now you got Darius guys coming oh, back. I forgot about, Thompson. A- forgot about a- Thompson. And then Adrian Peterson. They did get him on a very friend- team-friendly deal. I mean, they're paying him AP. next to nothing. Yeah, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I like him because, to me, he comes at, hopefully, a mentoring role to guys. Because... Sure. He's been the top at his position for a very long time, and hopefully guys can pick up a couple uh, veteran traits from him and, and be effective for a long time. Yeah, definitely a leadership role probably on the on the field as well. I suppose. I mean, I just the thing that stood out for me it was they go out, they bring in Case Keenum, but I mean, he doesn't have anyone to throw to yet. Yeah, and so it just sort of feels like from a priority standpoint to go and get a guy clearly on the tail end of his career you know I'm if he goes out and is able to run at 80% of what he did last year I'll be thrilled cool and if I could add to that me and Chris were talking earlier he's not going to have the same workload this year because Geis knock on wood should be healthy that's true so now he can be a little fresher potentially and we use them when we need them. Yeah, it's more like a, a situational runner than an every down back. They asked a ton of him last year, and he exceeded all expectations, I think, above and beyond. So you guys might have convinced me. I think I might be a, a hell yeah, hell on, yeah. Uh, on Adrian Peterson. Hell yeah! Um, so who else? The most recent addition this week was Dominique Rogers cromartie who... Also another guy on the tail end of his career. He's like, he just said he's having a zombie moment where he retired. Tail end or was it the end? It was the end, and he's he has risen from retirement. He he decided after week eight 
with the Raiders. He was going to hang it up. He was done. You know what? I'll see you guys later. I'm done. Uh, and lo and behold, I guess he got bored of sipping pina coladas on the beach, and now he's he's here in Washington to give us a little bit of defensive secondary depth. And pina coladas. I mean, if you can mix a pina colada, you can't, can't miss there. You can learn. In a couple months, you can make them, right? They, they're going to have some work cut out for him, I think, in the defensive secondary, too. And to, DRC, he's he's a former first-round pick, kind of a shadow of him, so for his former self, but you can't have too many bodies in the secondary, you know? That's probably true. Um, the fact that, like, he, he left the Raiders midseason is a little concerning, and he is um, at the tail end of his career. Uh, but hopefully he can coming in pieces is not going to be a, a permanent fixture back there. Yeah, he could potentially be a good mentoring role also, being a little older for the younger guys. could be good. That certainly strikes me as a low-risk, high-reward. You know, if he's bad and if he's a problem, you know, if you look at it on paper and you say, oh, it's a guy who quit on his team a week, nine, or whatever. He's a liability. If, he, if that ends up being the case and everyone and the, the haters are right, you cut him. You know, it, it doesn't no harm in doing that but if not then you take some injuries maybe that inevitably happens um and there's a guy there who you know has been a highly productive defensive back in the nfl sure like why not do you see this giving the redskins flexibility with norman at all i i don't think that the the he is a much much worse player than josh norman is i think you can't have too many bodies in the defensive secondary but you know, the guys they brought in last year, uh, Greg Stroman, did not exactly impress. Uh, they're so strapped for healthy, productive defensive backs that I know that there have been some rumblings this week about trying to trade Norman. Um, and if they're able to work something out, then fine, but it's not like a situation where you just cut bait with him. He, you couldn't cut bait with, you couldn't go bait, cut bait with him and have that be a standalone move. It had to coincide with another big addition or an influx of draft picks or at least some mix of veterans. You couldn't just get rid of him and not expect to get something in return. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then, on a, on a similar line, the big addition, and this has happened since the last time we got together and talked Redskins, is Landon Collins coming to D.C. Uh, ended up becoming one of the highest-paid safeties in the league, a guy who... Grew up idolizing Sean Taylor. There was a two-minute artificial dust-up over whether or not he was going to wear number 21. That ended up being extinguished very quickly. That, to me, that's a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You're doing it good, buddy. Great job. He automatically makes our defense so much better. So much better. And he can do it all. I mean, he can... You know, block the box, go up against uh, running backs. He can drop back in coverage. He, I think, really makes this unit better by a factor of 10 than it was before his, his coming to Washington. And I like that he's coming from an in-conference team. That'll, sure. be, that'll be good. Good for us, for our wide receiver game. That can help us out, potentially. I do have concerns about the length of his deal. Uh, I believe it's for six years, and the amount of money that he's being paid, he, to me, he really has to be at the top of his game 
for all those years to make that contract really worth it. Yeah. Um, so that's a little concerning. He's what, 25 now? How he old? is young. Yeah, he's 25. Um, so that's positive, and I think that's part of the reason why they inked him for so long. Um, it's just a lot of money. Yeah, why do you think we went all like highest what safety ever? Like He's the best guy available. Is he? But, he was. But yeah. I don't know. Something about the defense for me is more of a, a group aspect. Like it doesn't have to be the best person available, but if they work together well, then you can kind of over exceed um, just like one person. Like the sum of all the parts can be greater than the, the sum, or whatever that phrase is. You yeah, know? whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, six years, $84 million. You do assume you're going to get him in the best years of his career. He yeah. wants to be here. I think he could end up, yeah, he was the best guy available. And like you said, no one guy is going to make or break a team. Josh Norman was the best defensive back available when they went out and got him. And I think by all accounts has kind of underperformed on the deal. He was much better in Carolina so far. His, sure. His first year he was good, but since then he's been on a decline. But I think he and Collins, you sort of have them, you can play them on opposite sides. Um, it, it definitely allows you to do some things that they could not have done in his absence. Um, so I, I, I will call that a hail yeah. Any any dissent? I'm, I'm all right with it. I just want to... I'm a, I'm a softer. You're a, are you a yeah. hail, hail I'm maybe? A, I'm, a, I'm a hail yeah. Hail maybe. That's good. <laughs> so uh, along those lines, there's also another thing that I want to bring up. There was a rumblings um, on, the, on the radio that um, Collins was picked up without the knowledge of Jay Gruden. And Gruden found out uh, about this move by the media. Um and to me, that kind of gets back to the the whole mess of the upper management of the Redskins. Um, I don't know when you're you're running an organization. To me, you need sy- like synergy, sure, and everybody needs to be on the same page. And it seems like that's just not happening with the Redskins. And um, also, it, it seems like Bruce Allen has more pull than he's ever had. Um, so I also don't like that. Yeah, it's not good if that's getting out. Like, there's got to be a way for them to share sure, that yeah. with him first. But the media knows about it, and they're not telling anyone. They're or, releasing this. Or so. how about include your coach? I know. In oh, the oh, moves yeah, that yeah. you make, yeah. he's who need. I mean, who needs him? You don't need a coach. <laughs> I think we're, there's still this power vacuum that has existed since Scott McLuhan was run out of town. You know, clearly there's Bruce Allen has his hands a little bit in the personnel decisions they're trying to say that Doug Williams is that guy there is no general manager like there isn't a guy who is solely responsible for personnel decisions now we have seen instances where the coach was also that guy when Mike Shanahan was here he was both the coach and the general manager personally I think those roles should be separate but like you said Chris there is absolutely no excuse for having a front office going and making a decision and sort of saying to the coach, all right, well, deal with the repercussions of this decision, good or bad. Yeah. And also there's there's even thoughts that uh, this could be the writing on the wall for Gruden. If he's not involved in these type of moves, then maybe he's not essential to uh, their plan moving forward. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. But I, yeah, he should be pissed off about that because that's, that's pretty embarrassing for him, I think. So the Redskins have about 12 and a half, maybe a little more than 12 and a half million dollars in cap space. And that involved, that's going to encapsulate also the players that they have to draft. Um, so you think they, I think they have about seven guys that they'll, they'll bring in. I could see them looking at another free agent. Obviously, there are all these cuts that happen during camp, and someone will jettison a guy, and the Patriots will find some player to bring into camp, and then after two weeks, they'll cut him, and then maybe the Redskins can bid for whoever services that is, because that is seems a, to happen every single year. Yeah, there's a lot of movement still to be made. So I, I suppose we'll, we'll keep an eye on it, but for now, are, overall, are we... From where we were about a month ago, are we at a hail yeah or a hail no? I think we're going towards a hail yeah. I think we're, we're at least making moves. We're making decisions that can make our team better than we were. So I think we're getting in the right direction. I think we've addressed a lot of areas, um, but we still have a lot of weaknesses in this team. and um, I think those need to be addressed next, either through the free agency the remaining players or through the draft well we'll be back here to talk about it when if and when those moves happen so for dr chris jones and for nebbot neil and for bedroomba and wayne bretsky in absentia we thank you all for tuning in we have a very exciting interview coming up in the next couple of days it actually might have already dropped by the time that this has dropped uh tiffany hoyd on Riled Up has gotten the opportunity to chat with uh, Tony Wiley in the Redskins communications office, a figure that many people know and have some strong opinions about. Really looking forward to hearing what she has to say with him, how that interview will go. You can get that right here on this very same feed. Be sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're all over the place. Once again, this was Hogs Night of Portcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time.